Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. So we get the honor of having a special speaker. Welcome back because he was here up here just a couple weeks ago and I know everybody enjoyed it and was encouraged so much. So um, I would like to invite Carlisle back up to bring the message. Oh, wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you. i got to get it all set up here first. Yeah, so this week, uh, it actually was supposed to be uh, Tyson speaking this week, and uh, they actually had a family death. So we can continue to pray for them. If people don't know, uh, we can just pray for them in this time. Uh, and just uh, just uh, want to say good morning to the online service also. Um, yeah, it was an interesting week. I was asked on Monday if um, I would speak, and Pastor Travis and Amy said, we, we don't have to go to this. And I'm like, why not? Why, if I have the opportunity to talk about God, why, why can't I do that? So um, this, uh, and just thinking of last week, Pastor Travis's message, uh, the sign of the times, uh, it was so good. And I'm like, how do you follow a great message like Pastor Trav brings? And um, I'm just going to read of the little bit that was on uh, Instagram. Stop paying attention to what's happening in the social media feed and start paying attention to what's happening in the world through the eyes of Jesus. And wow, it's just, we keep looking through our, you know, Instagram, all that, but just seeing through Jesus' eyes. And that's what I've actually been praying, to see people the way Jesus sees them. So uh, let's just open in prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for uh, this uh, church, God. We just lift up um, Enjoy Life, actually, too, at their 10-year anniversary, God, that you just bless them, God. I know how they're blessing the community around them, God, that you would just use that church for your will. And God, just uh, be with our pastors as they're gone, protect them, protect their children. And God, today we just ask that you would speak, God, that you would speak through me, God, that you would increase in this place. In your name, amen. So yeah, uh, Christine said, I spoke two weeks ago, and I spoke on be still. Be still and know that I'm God. And there's a little part that I want to branch off that. And just so you know, when I make a message, it takes me like a two-week, it's a two-week process. I like to slowly do it. And just, uh, but then I was asked on Monday, and I didn't actually start until Wednesday. And so for me, I'm a, I like to do things properly, but this was amazing how God worked in this message. And I actually had way more content than I needed. So I actually had to reduce a lot. So uh, I branched off and I titled this message, Pursuing God. Because it's kind of like a, a, what Jan and I are in right now. We're just pursuing him in everything, just in all that we do. And I want to kind of go that, uh, that way. And a lot of these messages are calling, called uh, Seeking God. But I like the word about pursue. It, there's something about the word pursue. It's constantly pursuing him. And because uh, pursuing to me is intense. And I always think uh, when I'm pursuing, I always wanted to be a cop. From a young age, I wanted to be a cop. I never was a cop. But I was in the process before Jan and I were moved here. Pastor Trav and Amy prayed us in here. And so... I was in the process of being a cop because there's something about the way to pursue someone. I love to chase after people. Um, I would love to take the guy down, that kind of thing. It's just, I, yeah, I love that. Um, and so there's something about being, even like if I'm running after someone, being the second person to take the guy in the first, like even like quadding, racing, I'd rather be the guy in the second to try to overtake him. So, and then I think of uh, um, other ways of pursuing of like, when Jan and I were dating, how she was like always like pursuing me and 
you know, it, it was pretty desperate, it seemed like that sometimes. Oh, easy. Uh, and then there would be like, uh, so I'd like, she would talk to me, I'd play like the no talking back game, like just playing hard to get, but it was like not a good method because I was actually fearing to talk to her because I was so scared of girls, so. So I wasn't a good pursuer, uh, but I, I've learned now, so. Uh, so then what does it mean to pursue? Uh, an examples, to chase, follow, and trail, to go after and track something or someone. So, uh, pursue suggests a continuing effort to overtake, reach, or attain. So just thinking of the word pursue, what does it mean to follow Christ, to pursue him? So there's so many layers to that. And uh, thinking of what Pastor Trav talked about last week, following the world's views, their trends, all their distractions and in uh, the world today, what we have to deal with. And so what's it like to pursue God in these times with technology, access with, for our children, and all the things that are coming at us? And so to me, pursuing to me is to seeking his presence, not like, like when we're pursuing God, it's not like he's running away from us or he's trying to get away from us because he's always there. So just keeping our eyes on him in constant communication with him and just being consistent. So today I have five examples on the way it said I like to pursue God, and I think it can help you. Uh, number one, pursuing God through prayer and reading the word. So this is actually the one I always usually like to end with, but this time when I was, I actually had it at the end, but God said, no, I want you to put it at the first because this is your foundation. So for me, you guys know me, this is my foundation of pursuing God. Is it through prayer and reading? And I'm going to put up Proverbs 8, 17. I love all who loves me. Those who search will surely find me. I love that. So we sh if we search for him, we'll surely find him. Those who pursue him will, will find him. And in Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13, not Jeremiah 11, that's the usual common one, but it says, then you will call on, my, uh, you will call on me, and I will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then Joshua 1.8. So this is about reading the word. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This needs to be our daily pursuit. So you guys know, uh, a lot of you know, and if you don't know, every morning I wake up at 5. It's uh, my time with God. Uh, I don't miss it. I miss the time. I always make it. So I always say, uh, you got to make an appointment with God or you'll miss it. So this is huge in my life. And this week in my prayer room has absolutely been amazing. Uh, on uh, this week, my wife, in the beginning of this week, she said, what, what if I came into the prayer room in the morning with you? And I said, well, that's my time, Jana. Like, I don't know, I guess. But, um, but no, so Jana started coming into my prayer room at five with me. And... It's changed my week. Like, it, nothing exciting at work happened, but this was like, uh, it just made me love my wife even more, just spending time praying with each other. We're praying and battling things that we're dealing with, and uh, I just love it. So, and then praying, praying and reading will help you in times of dire circumstances, and it'll, make, it'll help you prepare. God is always there, even if you don't feel him. God says, if you call upon the Lord, you can be saved, you can be healed, and you can be redeemed. And 
when we look just back at Jeremiah 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. He's saying, I want all of you. I want your whole heart. This means always praying, talking with him, and reading the word, being in relationship. It's, it, this is a constant pursuit of him. Being ready in season and out of season. So I'm going to go to my next example, number two. Pursuing God through worship. Now, I know sometimes worship is tough for people, uh, especially if you're a newcomer, you're coming, you're like, what are these people doing? Um, and then there's all different kinds of worship, but I'm talking about this corporate worship. When we come together, there's something that happens in it. And worship is love expressed. So I grew up in a conservative church with uh, no hand raising, and I, I started to attend a uh, youth group with the Hansons, uh, and I went to the church, and I remember the first time, I can remember the lady, she had her hands up, I'm like, is she waiting for a high five? I don't know what's happening right now. And I'm like, this is weird. So, I'm being honest. And uh, so, and then there was worship with clapping and, and speaking out. I'm like, what are these people clapping? Like, what, what's happening here? So I started to ask God, and what's the reason of worship? And going back to my foundation, I started praying on it. Then I started reading the word on it, asking men that I respected, and it's like, what's this about in the church? So then I would see these scriptures, and they would just pop out. I will oh, I'll read it first. Psalms uh, 63, 4. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Psalm 47, 1. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. So some of you might not know this, some of you do. I never liked the sound of clapping. It's a sound that actually irritated me. Like big crowds clapping, gross, didn't like it, didn't like it. And Pastor Trav and them knew that I didn't like the clapping. And so during worship, you know, we were clapping and uh, this was like, I think it was like nine years ago when I told them actually the sound of clapping, but I would still clap. So every time now, if they, they're on worship, I'll look them in the eyes and just clap because they know that was a struggle for me about clapping. But actually, I enjoy it because it's worshiping God through it. So it's, uh, it's changed my uh, process on that. Um, true worship costs something. Romans 12.1, a living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies to do, offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and pro proper worship. So in, in Romans 12, 1, the cost described is a sacrifice of yourself. When we come before God and worship, we humbly give ourselves to his lordship, proclaiming that he is worthy and he's exalting and exalting him in praise. Worship is giving thanks. It's not about doing it for people around you. It's about pursuing God in praise and worship. And we have so much to be thankful for. And that's why I encourage you just to, to look in it. If you don't understand why these people raise their hands, what, what they do, the Bible talks about it. Number three example, pursuing God through serving. Now, putting your hands to the plow, there's something about serving. Uh, we talk about serving in the church a lot. And Jan and I have talked uh, about serving as a family and for when we moved here, it's been nine years, um, we've helped out. And I remember we just be here every Saturday or every Sunday, take down, uh, or set up and take down. And I remember one person said, you shouldn't do that every Sunday. They pulled me off to the side. They said, they shouldn't make you do that. You're, tell your leadership 
no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it actually surprised me how he, uh, this person said it, and I said, the leaders didn't make me. It's not about serving man, but it's the opportunity for me to grow and my family to grow. It's serving God in any task that he puts in front of us. It's doing our part. So if you think about, like, people are just like, why do you do that, Carlisle? But they're like, you're pastors, you're this. They're, they're telling them, like, no, it's not about them. It's about this house. People are coming here not knowing God. And that's why we do it. It's not about us. And then serving. We, we serve with excellence. You'll hear us talk in our meetings about serving with excellence, going that extra mile. I tell guys at our work, just go that extra mile for that customer. Just do that little extra thing. They might even not even notice. I, I've been actually... Uh, talking to my son Matthias about serving, how to serve your wife, and doing the little things that she might not even notice, but just doing it, just out of love as Christ loves her. Then I'm going to read Matthew 23, 10 to 13. I got lots of verses today, so. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah, the greatest among you, will be the servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be, or, yeah, who will humble themselves will be exalted. Yeah, okay. Uh, so when I read that, I wrote it down yesterday, that one, and I thought of this memory of when I was a landscaper, and so we're doing spring cleanups. If you know what spring cleanup, we're, you know, mulching the grass, and it's very dirty, very dusty, and we had this new guy starting, and he showed up about eight, in a leather jacket, it was like a 30 degree day. And I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna be sweating, because I was sweating. And uh, so he worked, and then when it was our first break around 10, he, he's like, I'm, I quit, I'm done here. I'm like, okay, uh, is there a reason? He's like, this is something my mom would do. And I'm like, are you calling me a woman? I don't feel like, but then I was like, are, are you calling, because this is something your mom does, because women work hard at home and stuff. And he just, he just literally walked off and said it was for, because this is women's work. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so sometimes it might not be glamorous uh, when you serve. It's not about the job. It's about the heart, about in serving. Jesus challenged the society norms. To him, greatness comes from serving, giving of yourself to help God and others. Service keeps us aware of others' needs and stops us from focusing on our own, our own selves. Jesus came as a servant. I'm going to read Mark 10:45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. Ephesians 6, 7. Serve wholeheartedly as you will be serving the Lord, not for people, not people. When you serve, when you're pursuing God, it will build character and plant deep roots. Number four, pursuing God through community and church. So what we're doing today, coming together, meeting. Uh, this week, if you would have known on Instagram or Facebook, Pastor Amy had this message about the convenient church. And it actually got me to think about the busyness of uh, small kids and you know, getting ri ki uh, kids ready for church in the morning, how it's a task, and you know, bringing them to church. Women, you, know, you have to feed the kids and like, thinking about that whole pro process. And it's easier sometimes to stay home. And a lot of you can relate to that. And Jan and I, when we, we were going to have kids, uh, we wanted four. We had Ava, then we were like, three is good. We're good with three. 
And then Matthias came along, and we're like, two, we're gonna only do two. And we're like, we don't wanna be like those four kid people. There's some of you there, we've seen what it did. So we know what we did, we were like, let's, let's adopt, and let's adopt a teenager. And if anyone you know, we adopted Leighton, and it's, it's even different when they're teenagers, you notice. So people that know me, I'm very punctual. If I'm, if I'm running late, there's a big reason. I'm a half an hour early or more. Uh, I'm better now with it. I've been working on it um, to be not so crazy on time. But Leighton learned extremely quick that I like to be on time and be at church on time because I love going to church. And I remember the first times he was getting ready in the morning, he was running late every time. And I'm just sitting in the vehicle waiting. And it's just... I don't like it. And then I remember this one time, he's, he's running really late, and he gets in the vehicle, it's just dead quiet, and Matthias says, my dad doesn't like being late. And he's six, and it was just silence all the way to church. And then the next time after that, he was getting better, he rushed in, his hair was just soaking into the vehicle, uh, but he made it, he made it, so he knows now. Uh, <laughs> So then Pastor Amy wrote this week, uh, if we only attend church when it's convenient, our kids will learn to do the same. So please don't let having kids be the reason you stay home. Let it be the reason you come. There's something about community. I'm an introvert. Uh, I've worked actually a lot on it that, you know, I'd rather stay at home and kind of keep to myself. A lot of people think I'm just extremely outgoing, which I am through work and stuff, but I like my space. I like my time. Uh, whatever I might personally go through in Jana and I, we have people in this church with us. But it takes time to have those relationships. And that's why it's coming to church, you just build on that. And I know that coming to church, God shows up here. I know he's here every time. So why wouldn't I put myself in that, that opportunity? And I have community to walk through in, in seasons that we're maybe in the same, in our life, we're walking the same direction. Or maybe they've already went through it and they can help me through it. Acts 2, 41 to uh, 42. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and sharing their meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. So about 3,000 people became Christians, believers, when uh, Peter preached. These Christians were united with the other believers. They got together. They they were taught by the apostles, including prayer, meeting, and fellowship. New believers in Christ need to be in groups where they can be got, uh, learn God's word and pray and mature in faith. If, if you have just begun the relationship with Christ, you seek other believers for fellowship and prayer and teaching. This is the way we grow. Even if you have been a believer for many years, you're never maxed out. You, you always need to grow. You always need to be with your people. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and goodness, good and works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now in the day that re he's returning and drawing near. So verse 24 says, motivate one another. I have people in this church that can do that for me. Uh, we need someone that can look us in the eyes in church and say, you know what, are you okay? You got this, you can do this, you're not alone. Let me walk with you, that's why we do it. 
To neglect Christians meeting is to give up the encouragement to help of other Christians. We gather together to share our faith and to strengthen one another in the Lord. As we get closer to the day when Christ returns, we will face many spiritual struggles and even persecutions in times. Anti-Christian forces will grow up in strength. Difficulties should never be the excuse of missing church services. Rather, as difficulties arise, we should be even more greater effort to be faithful in attendance. It's about the pursuit of God, encouraging others, and it's about meeting Jesus here. We are all going to go through something, leaders, non-leaders, whatever you are. We need our community. Number five. The last example that I have, pursuing God through your obedience. So being obedient, what's God calling you to do? Maybe you don't know what God's calling you to do. That's okay. Rick Warren said, Whoever, who better is it to tell you what your purpose is than the one who made you? Makes sense. Doesn't make sense just to, just to be living for the sake of it or, or just for the existing. Matthew 7, 24. The wise and foolish builder. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. It's like if you listen to me and you do it, and being obedient, you've built it on the, on the rock. To build on a solid rock means he- to be hearing, responding, and discipline. Practicing obedience becomes from solid foundation to weather the storms in life. Obeying God is like building a house on a strong, solid foundation that stands firm in the storms to come. So when life is calm and our foundations don't seem to move or even matter, but when the crisis come and our foundations are tested, so build on the solid foundation of knowing and trusting. You might be in a crossroads. You might be uh, in a crisis right now. Should I stick with what God's calling me? Maybe you have that question. Should I be doing this? But my addiction, my marriage, whatever that might be, you can fill it in. That's uh, blocking me from doing God's will, or it's just the mental battles. Maybe you want to abandon your call. Maybe you lost your confidence to step out into your calling. Please hear this. The lack of confidence doesn't mean the death of your calling. I'm going to say it one more time. The lack of confidence doesn't mean the death of your calling. God uses weakness. God, just thinking of Saul, if you don't know much about Saul, God's called him to be a chosen leader, but he struggled through his weaknesses. God, Saul's greatest success was when he followed God. His greatest failures resulted when he acted on his own, doing it out of his own flesh. Although Saul had been called by God and had a mission in his life, he struggled with jealousy, uh, insecurity, arrogance, impulsiveness, and deceit. He did not decide to be wholehearted, committed to God, because Saul would not let God love give the rest of his heart. He never became God's man. Saul had a call in his life. You have a call in your life. How many of you are missing your call? I get attacked about even speaking. A lot of you guys know that where I came from, or when I, I, I wouldn't imagine myself doing this. This is my weakness. God's using my weakness. Because this is not something that I would have thought I would have done. I've lacked confidence before. But I kept pursuing God. God, even in the hard times, this is what I talk with men, it's just keep moving forward, but pursuing him. I can't imagine what's going 
on and through some of your guys' uh, battles during the week? What lies the enemies tells you that you're not smart enough, not good enough? What mistakes you've made uh, years ago, today, yesterday, last week? And that video clip that just keeps on going, what, what uh, you've done or that, the thing that's keeping you away from God. You may say, how do I get through this? It takes consistency. It takes pursuing God day by day, being in his presence. And thinking of Saul in his weakness and God using it, just using it. I have this example, while our strengths and abilities make us useful, it's in our weakness that makes us usable. I'd like to uh, invite the worship team up. Um, I'm gonna have one last little thing before we close here. So I'm not a tennis, I don't watch tennis, and I watched this interview a while ago with Serena Williams, winning, I think it was like her 24th Grand Slam, something like that. And I remember just hearing this interview, and I was kind of impressed on her answer she, she was asked, how do you deal with the pressure? How do you deal with these big moments in your life of you know, all the camera, the media, uh, winning Grand Slam after Grand Slam? And she said, I played a lot of tennis. It actually caught me off guard because it wasn't like, well, this or that. It's like, I played a lot of tennis. And she, if, you, if you've heard her voice, it's very quiet. And she's like, I played a lot of tennis. That's confidence. She can say it because she's put the work and time into it. When Serena deals with pressure, she, she's already trained for that moment. So, and then just thinking about it, like I think of uh, these musicians up here, like let's say Jesse, How, why is Jesse so amazing on the guitar? Because he's put his time in, fiasco. He's worked on it. I think of Terry, how's Terry, so good with his hands and that he can do, he works so hard and he, he's constantly uh, learning new skills because he's taking time and he's putting the effort into it. And then I think of people asking like, how does Pastor Trav speak so well? Because he's read a lot of Bible. He studies, prayed a lot. He's put in the work. Confidence comes from time over time, pursuing God, being in constant relationship with him. So when the storms come, you'll be ready. We're just going to take a moment and just uh, and just ask, what's the Holy Spirit saying through this message to you? And, and, and just ask him, yeah, let's just take a moment. Holy Spirit, what are you asking of, of us in this time? Even me, God, I ask that right now. What are you asking? What are you speaking to us? God, I just think of uh, people maybe that lost their pursuit or, or have lost their passion. Maybe they've just abandoned things or abandoned you, God. God, I just ask that you would just meet each individual right now, God, in your name. God, that you would speak to them. God, that they would submit back to you. And God, I just... Uh, I just ask for a covering over each individual here that you would just bless them, Lord. And God, that they don't have to do it on their, their own, God. There's a community here. There's a church that will help them, and you're here. So God, we just trust you.
We thank you for this time in your name. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.